0: Hi, kids, it's me, Ronald McDonald, and I'm on the set of my very first motion picture ever. It's a movie called Mac and Me, and it stars my little friend from outer space here. His name is Mac, and I want to introduce you to him. Mac? Anybody seen Mac? Where'd he go? Hey, King Ronald McDonald. Listen, I've got to go now. You're wanted in makeup. (laughs) Makeup? Me? You like it, the juice? I like
1: the juice. That was a double can. I don't know if you noticed that. I got a can this morning. Uh,
0: I heard the can. Uh, welcome to Saturday Night Jive, where we talk about Saturday Night Live and Saturday Night Live related movies. And if you're anything like me, you're like, oh man, when I think of SNL, I think of Christine Ebersole.
1: I mean, at least unlike, like, Lori Metcalf, I think she was on the show, right?
0: Yeah, no, she was, she had a full season, I believe. Maybe two, at least one.
1: I want to say it was only one, but, I mean, you're the expert, so I I defer to you.
0: pretty sure it was only one season. Um, But she's uh, the lead in Mac and Me, which is why we watched Mac and Me from 1988. Uh, This movie sucked.
1: (laughs) Okay. I want to say something right now, because I remember last week when we were talking about what we were going to see, and we landed on Mac and Me. And I was like, oh, my God, Mac and Me. And you're like, I think you might like Mac and Me. When you said that, what did you mean?
0: I remembered it being crazier. I didn't remember it being so fucking slow and boring. Like, if you cut out an hour of this movie, you have, like, a 30-minute, like, fun short. Okay. But there's so much, like, fucking 80s montages where they don't do anything. There's a montage in this. Well, it's not a montage. It's just... Mac gets caught in a tree, and then Christine Ebersole is jogging. And we cut back from Mac caught in a tree to Christine Ebersole jogging while this '80s fucking pop song plays for like two and a half minutes.
1: And it's like, what, what the hell is this doing in the movie? I just want, well, first let me just say right now, I don't want to hear any fucking bad word about this. The music in this movie, uh, the score and the uh, the '80s uh, jams in this uh, were fucking banging. I, I'm gonna say that. <laughs>
0: I did. I mean, I enjoyed the 80s pop songs. I mean, uh, but, like, that scene... There's a scene that we'll talk about at a McDonald's. The whole movie, I wanted it to be that. If the whole movie was breakdancing at McDonald's, I think this would have been great.
1: But, well, you mentioned as we were watching this, apparently Alan Silvestri, who most people know as the, the the guy who did Back to the Future, did the score for this movie as well. And it fucking works, man. I mean, that that shit is heartwarming as fuck. Yeah,
0: I had to look that up cuz there's uh during like the big chase scene I'm like, are they just ripping off the score to Back to the Future cuz it's the exact same song as Back to the Future score and then I had to look up on IMDb. I was like, "Oh, no, it's just Alan Silvestri. This is probably like, well, I did the score for Back to the Future. I got some fucking leftover tracks I could give you, sure. Here you go."
1: But that's that's a thing that I feel like is often underestimated in movies. The score, like, is a lot of like, if a bad movie has a great score, it can kind of make you not think it's a bad movie for a while. Like, a lot of Roger Corman movies have really great scores where they like, can hire, you know, really great people and have like their do like their offcuts and shit. I was getting like Short Circuit Two vibes from a lot of this movie. Like, remember like the the really great '80s score in that movie?
0: Yeah, but that had a movie underneath it. This has an Alan Silvestri score over just bullshit garbage like a lot of driving people are just driving everywhere and we spend like 10 minutes of them just driving in a car
1: yeah but then you have like really fun scenes where like he's in his wheelchair on the road and like grabbing onto a car and then like they gotta grab him and pull him in and again the music score sort of swells there's a lot of stuff in this movie like individual elements independent of the whole that i actually like legitimately unironically enjoyed It's just that it's so poorly made as a finished product and the acting is so bad that it can't transcend that. But, like, there's, like, structural stuff. Like, I was watching the stuff in this movie going, like, I think I like this better than E.T. It's not as good as E.T., because Steven Spielberg's a better filmmaker than whoever made this movie. But, like, I don't know. I I wanted E.T. to be more like this in terms of, like, like, how much they kick the shit out of the alien. Like at the very beginning when he's like smashed up against the windshield of the car and he's like, oh my God. Like,
0: I, did en- I did enjoy when Matt got hit by the car. Or
1: like when he can stretch his arms and shit. Like there's a lot of shit like where he's a creepy fucking alien and like that actually kind of works for in the movie's benefit. Whereas I've always thought E.T. was too cute. Like I never bought it as a creature. Like I can buy this as an alien creature because it's fucking weird. Wait.
0: He's definitely more mobile than E.T. Like, I haven't seen E.T. for a long-ass time, but I remember E.T., like, can't really do a lot. Like, he just, like, kind of scurries around, kind of like R2-D2, kind of. But Mac, like, is running around, and, yeah, sometimes he's like a color form where he's just, like, flying in the air or getting sucked up into a vacuum cleaner.
1: See, and that's what I was expecting to, like, make fun of the special effects of of this movie, but other than the design of the aliens doesn't work they give them these weird like butthole mouths and it's just really I mean I I don't know it's kind of it half works and half doesn't but the actual effects for a cheap low budget kids movie I mean I've seen way worse than this in the kids movies we were peddled as kids
0: yeah no, I mean that, that that didn't really bother me except yeah the if you're not familiar with Mac and me it's basically a ripoff of E.T.
1: sponsored by McDonald's and Coke
0: yeah, instead of Reese's Pieces, he just loves fucking Coca-Cola. Little alien gets sucked up in a rover with his family, uh, goes to Earth, and then ends up with a kid, and then they go on a little adventure, and blah, 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 blah. But yeah, the uh, the aliens are, um, uh, they, they gross, and they didn't have to look like that.
1: No, but there's something about... Like, the lack of an of endearing charm to them. Because, like, that's that's the thing about E.T., is they, they got something in that face that is just so endearing and cute. But I that always worked against the movie for me because, you know, he didn't feel like an alien. He felt too much like a pet or something, you know? Whereas these, these creatures feel legitimately alien, so, like, it's a challenge to empathize with them. But... Like, they're still a family, and you see the family dynamic when they're, like, walking through the desert and shit. Like, that was legitimately gripping to me. Like, at the end, when they find them in the cave, and it's like, are they fucking dead? Like Oh,
0: yeah, when they cut back to um uh, the alien family just walking in the desert, and they're, like, sunburned and shit. Because they're just, like, out in the fucking desert.
1: And it's like these are fucking weird looking creatures and they have like their eyes are kind of vacant and off in different directions, which is like, that's a big thing about empathizing with a a non-human entity is their eyes. That's why dogs are so, you know, loving. Like you stare into their eyes, you know, and these creatures have these weird fucked up eyes. So it's like, it's hard to kind of connect with them on an emotional level, but so much of what they do in their pantomime is, you know, it's just it's emotional family connecting shit it's like oh my god are they gonna make it so it's like it's this weird juxtaposition between like we're really trying hard to make it make you empathize with them but we're also doing a lot of the work and it's i i don't know man and i thought just the fact that the family was on the planet and they had to reunite again that's bigger stakes than like et i'm thinking like oh he's got a phone home he's got it but we don't really know much about him they're just they just come back and get him at the end Whereas this, it's like, oh, no, like they become American citizens at the end. (laughs) (laughs) These fucking
0: aliens are going to vote.
1: I mean, I don't know because they that seemed weird to me because like they were like, and if you agree with all this, say I do. And like they didn't say I do because they can't even speak our fucking language. What the hell are they going to do on Earth?
0: In, in a in America, what are they, what are they going to add? They're just going to be walking around grabbing people's guns in supermarkets and fucking causing chaos. Like, the fucking alien dad isn't going to get a job.
1: Don't you got to pass, like, an exam before you get your citizenship? How the fuck did they pass that?
0: Yeah, no, these aliens don't know shit. They're aliens. Which I like that. I like that, you know, they, they were just, like, kind of helpless creatures. But no, I think making them... Horrifying butt-mouthed aliens with vacant, dead, expressionless eyes was a mistake. I will go on record saying, no, they needed to be cute or at least like more emotive. These are what are they too? Like, are they puppets or are they people in suits?
1: Well, the the rest of the family are people in suits. Mac and me is the only puppet.
0: I think. Yeah, but like the alien dad, I get whoever's in that suit. I got to give him credit because the way he's moving his body. Like, I couldn't tell if it was just, like, an animatronic creature or if it was, like, a mime in a suit. And if it's a mime in a suit, good lord, is he wayfish. I guess that could be the costume, too. Maybe they elongated the arms or something or, like, I don't know, defined the thing because he looks, like, skeletal.
1: Well, no, that that was some Doug Jones-level fucking, uh, you know, suit work, I think. I know, I, I legitimately think, and I would say that for all of them. And, again, I think the, the Mac and Me puppet, yes, it's not good looking but the like the way they do the stretching and the different powers and things and the way he moves i i mean i i was on board with it. i think i mostly enjoyed this movie i can i mean i'm not going to say the things that are wrong with it are very wrong and the the chief among that is the acting of the kid actors and it's i guess it's it's kind of a thing where like you want to not even criticize it cuz they're kids but we've seen so many good kid actors again et is another example of that like great kid actors but I don't know, man. I this, I warmed to this movie, and like you mentioned, the picking up the gun at the end, like that was legitimately tense. And then like the fucking explosion and the kid dying, like holy shit! Like I was not expecting this movie to get to me at any emotional level, and it took me on a fucking roller coaster ride. Oh,
0: no, I, I was bored. I mean, there are there are things I I did like about this movie, but it is an hour and a half. Like this movie just slows down to a crawl. Like as soon as they discover the alien, the next like forty five minutes is just like snoozeville. They're not doing shit, and then they get to a break dance in McDonald's, and I'm like, all right, I like this. Well, that's
1: the, a big problem with the movie for me is they spend way too long on the uh, what is it? Oh, it's an alien, but nobody believes me. Shit, like they should have. That should have been like ten minutes, and then oh no, we have an alien in the house.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. They they this movie spins its wheels a lot. Um,
1: but at the same and, time, the actual scene where they're catching him in the vacuum cleaner that's that that's hitting a lot of those buttons of like nostalgic 80s kids movies for me. Like I feel like if I'd watched this as a kid, I would have loved the shit out of it.
0: It's possible. I remember always seeing a poster for this movie at like the video store we would go to. like we'd go to a video store to rent movies and it must have been around the time it came out on video because my earliest memory of Mac and me was just looking at the poster of just a little boy and an alien and a moon in the background, going like, oh, I, maybe that's a movie I would like.
1: When you say when it came to video, the fact that this was in theaters just gobsmacks me. Like, this seems perfectly fine for, like, a straight-to-video 80s movie. Like, you know, I grew up on, like, the full moon movies and shit like that, you know, like, pre-hysteria with little dinosaurs and shit. Like, like this feels like that and if that was what it was that makes perfect sense with the budget and everything and oh we got to get mcdonald's and coke to fucking do product placement otherwise we don't have the budget for the movie the fact that this was in fucking theaters makes no goddamn sense
0: yeah no i look i was looking at the trivia and they said the uh box office or no they said the budget um i think it was like 13 million i saw that as well and it only made six
1: million dollars Thirteen million
0: dollars this movie cost in 1988
1: money. Incl- I mean, that includes the, the, the product placement, which I wouldn't be surprised if all of that came from McDonald's and Coke. So like Mc- like there are movies that were com- that are completely sponsored, like they made all their money from sponsorship. So like it's all profit. And I wouldn't be surprised if like that was the case here.
0: Yeah, uh, there is egregious product placement in this movie. To the point where people are saved by Coca-Cola. Uh, and then Skittles is just thrown in there like... The whole time, this little alien is drinking Coca-Cola. And it's just like, you know, Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola. And then like in the last 20 minutes, they're like, See if he likes Skittles too! And they throw some Skittles in his face and the alien's like, mm, Yeah, I like Skittles. I guess Skittles didn't pay as much money. So they're like, well, you only get one reference.
1: Mm mm. Skittles in my butthole mouth. Uh, but <laughs> But... It's not just that they drink cuz that would be kind of cute like oh the the alien drinks a coke and maybe he gets really jazzed up cuz of the caffeine or something cuz he's not used to it. No. The implication of this film is that coke is their sustenance. It's the thing that keeps them alive. They feed the the family's dying in the cave and they feed them coke and they come back up again and they're like we're alive. And it's like, and there's, yeah, you mentioned there's a line. One of the kids is like, I think this is like what they drink on their home planet. How the fuck you know that? I don't know. But it, like, and it, it that, no. <laughs> no,
0: Yeah. The kids, the kids explaining the alien logic is, uh, is very sus in this movie because they will just explain max powers just like on a whim. And they'll just be like, Oh, I guess he can do this now. But, like, you don't fucking know. This is a weird little alien you found in the backseat of your astro van An astro van with Phoenician blinds for some reason. But they'll just go like, Oh, he's communicating with his family telepathically. How the fuck did you come to that conclusion?
1: See, I didn't have as much of a problem with that because, I mean, it looks like he's doing something weird and, like, sending out signals or something. I might have come to the same conclusion. The one that got me, and it was kind of maybe a little subtle, but it's like cuz like the very first scene you have the mars rover or whatever i don't, actually I don't know what planet they're on probably not mars but the the weird rover thing and it sucks them up like a vacuum cleaner and again they they are like elastic so like they can stretch and like it you know they get sucked up into the thing but the but the kid wasn't there for that he doesn't know that So why does he go like, I've got a vacuum cleaner, I'm going to suck him up into the vacuum? Like, how do you know that the alien is malleable enough to be sucked up into a vacuum cleaner?
0: Yeah, you wouldn't think that would work. It would be like, oh, there's a possum in my house, I'm going to suck him up with the vacuum cleaner. Like,
1: it should have been like a cage trap or something, you know?
0: Yeah, also, do vacuum cleaners have reverse switches? Is that a thing?
1: Because you know what you'd want to do with a vacuum cleaner is blow out all (laughs) the shit inside of it, just out anywhere? (laughs)
0: That would seem like the worst thing to put on a vacuum cleaner. All right, I just vacuumed up the house. Oops, switched the reverse switch on the vacuum, just blows up a bunch of cat shit.
1: And you know what? <laughs> you could have solved that for me in one line, where, like, they go, I'm going to suck it up in the vacuum cleaner. And the girl goes, why do you think that would work? And he goes, I saw it in Ghostbusters. And then he, it works, and he's like, see, Ghostbusters. Like, it's a dumb kid thing, but it just happens to work. I guess. I'm just <laughs> saying no, they, like, he that's that, that's a way to solve that problem. That's a screenwriter thing, rather than, like, he just happens to know.
0: But the kid even says, like, I'll reverse the motor, because the vacuum cleaner's, like, going all crazy, so he's, like, screaming, and he's like, don't worry, I'll get him out! I'll reverse the motor! And I'm like, how are you gonna do that? Like, I would think to reverse the motor, you would have to, like, tear the vacuum cleaner apart, and if you're tearing the vacuum cleaner apart, well, you can just get the alien out, but no, he just flips a switch as if that's a thing all vacuum cleaners had in the eighties.
1: Well, you know what else vacuum cleaners have a button that like opens the container? You don't have to like reverse the motor. You could just open it.
0: Yeah. You've got to get that shit out somehow. So yeah, anything that goes in a vacuum cleaner, it it doesn't, it's not like it stays trapped in the vacuum cleaner forever. You have to empty it so you could put more shit in that. So yeah, you open up the vacuum cleaner, you take the little fucking alien you sucked up out.
1: See, and that's, a lot of that stuff is just, I'm trained with 80s movies to forgive it, because it's like, the the, the distinction between alien powers and just magic was basically non-existent (laughs) in the 80s. Like, it might as well be magic powers, he might as well be an elf. I think Munchie was an alien, but he granted wishes. So I feel like that was just a thing you had to accept.
0: there's no reason to give this alien powers is there
1: well i mean i kind of liked like he can touch electronics and like activate them and like he's using that to like make the cars trip the you know that 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 kind of worked for me i like that because it wasn't like it wasn't so inconsistent that it bothered me it wasn't like i don't know did you ever see that movie lucy with scarlett johansson
0: I think so.
1: I I just remember that movie, like among other stupid things in it, she gets like a different superpower in every scene she's in. Like they never establish what her powers are, and it's just like everything. Like every like, literally, like by the end, she's like a god. But it's like every scene, she has a different power. So it's like I can't connect with the 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 superpower element of this movie because it's just not consistent. But with here, it's like he has. They have a. They have seemingly some kind of energy-based powers, they can activate electronics, they can send signals to each other, they can, you know, bring people back to life with it. I I don't know. It all all seemed fine to me, is what I'm saying.
0: (laughs) These aliens can cure
1: death. Life force is energy. I feel like it all works.
0: They they can't cure spina bifida, apparently, because uh, a little... uh, Eric's still in a wheelchair at the end of it. Because the movie. I don't think that's it's kind of fucked I, up, isn't
1: it? I don't think it's a like a physical thing. I think it's a metaphysical thing. I think it's like the the energy of your soul is now back in your body.
0: Okay, so his leg still doesn't don't work. Yeah. And do you think that's why they gave him a, a citizenship? Because they figured out that they can cure death.
1: Well, you think they're exploiting that? You think like that's his job? Is just people come to them and go like, "Hey, cure my dead fucking family."
0: I feel like that will be the sequel that we never got, that was promised to us at the end of this movie, is that no one dies now because of these aliens. Because the kid dies at the end of the movie, and the movie ends with the aliens just, like, hovering over him, and they're like, oh, I guess he's back to life now. And then smash cut, too. <laughs> and here's your American citizenship, weird-looking butthole aliens.
1: I think the sequel to this movie was the TGIF sitcom Aliens in the Family. I don't know if you remember that. <laughs> I,
0: I remember of it, but I never watched it. Because
1: if I remember correctly, the aliens in that movie, or that show, looked exactly like the fucking aliens in this movie.
0: Yeah, they, and they, but these aliens didn't have to look like, that's a design choice. Like, they could have, it's not like last week we talked about that cheap-looking bear suit in Harold. That was probably, like, whatever they could find. They designed these puppets, and they chose the butthole mouth.
1: Well, speaking of cheap bear suits... Okay. Okay, they're a little different, and they're obvi- and much better. I'm I'm googling aliens in the family.
0: <laughs> oh, um, no, I, I'm not familiar with that with that TV show at all. I remember um, watching
1: it. It was like one season, and I just remember. Uh, I think Todd Rundgren did the theme song, and uh, yeah. The, okay, they're more. It was basically like dinosaurs, but with aliens instead of dinosaurs. Like there was a cute little baby alien. Fucking oh my! I gotta find this fucking show. It's way more interesting than what we're talking about now.
0: Ah uh, yeah, Mac and me. Um, uh, Budnick's in this movie.
1: That's right. That's one
0: of my notes.
1: Which I believe this is a weird connection because he's also in Terminator Two, isn't he? Yes. And this I read online. This is also Nikki Cox's first movie, and I think Nikki Cox is also in Terminator Two.
0: Oh, I don't remember. But yeah, I saw that Jennifer. apparently Jennifer Aniston and Nikki Cox are in the McDonald's scene. I was looking for him but I couldn't find him. Also, like, I'm looking for a 10-year-old Nikki Cox, I guess.
1: Yeah, she's a, she's a, um, in Terminator 2 and she's much older. Obviously, that was several years later. But yeah, so you have two kid actors who are then two teen actors in the same movie. Much better movie, Terminator 2, than Mac and Me. But that I just thought that was kind of weird.
0: And yeah, maybe they have the same agent. Um, but yeah, it was weird seeing Budnick. Um, maybe only for me <laughs> else,
1: wait we mentioned it was salute your shorts is the Budnick. reference you're making right because nobody fucking remembers salute your shorts do they
0: oh yeah Budnick was a character on Nickelodeon salute your shorts that's what I'm saying like yeah, it's probably only for me that I was like is that
1: Budnick well I mean I don't know Like, I guess because yeah, every time I see donkey lips in something I'm like hey donkey lips <laughs> I do that too
0: <laughs> I remember seeing dude where's my car and going like fucking
1: donkey lips Oh, I thought you were going to say Hey Dude, the uh, the other t- uh, Nickelodeon show on the Dude Ranch. Uh,
0: I don't remember that. I know I watched it, but I don't remember that one as well.
1: Speaking of weird fucking shit we watched as kids that nobody remembers, just in light of this, do you remember Brats of the Lost Nebula?
0: Absolutely not. It was a
1: Jim Henson show, and that's another one Google just for the images of it. Cause it's just a lot of creepy fucking puppets and I loved it. Was only, there was only like three episodes it got cancelled very early but somebody just recently put them all on YouTube so I was watching it and there are these creepy fucking puppets and it's all puppets. It's no human actors or anything. Uh, and, but it's like almost like like Farscape for kids but I think like the way I'm able to like this movie despite how horrifying the puppets are is because I grew up with shit like this and it's like that just doesn't phase me. I, I think there's just a part of my brain that's like creepy puppets A-okay with me.
0: Yeah, I didn't really mind it. Well, I mean, I've seen this movie before. <laughs> um, I never have, but yeah, now watching it this time, I, I just kind of accepted Mac. I didn't really, because um, there's no real like limitations to the puppet. Like it, it works uh, well enough in the world. Like I never really went like, oh, that's a cheap looking puppet. Except for one time, like near the beginning, they <laughs> when Mac is running away from like uh, the NASA officials and. They're trying to capture him. They cut to, like, uh, Max' little feet, like, running really fast. And then they cut to just the puppet, like, in front of a green screen, just, like, bouncing up and down. (laughs) And then they cut back to the feet, like, really running really fast. And it was just a stupid juxtaposition of puppet in front of a green screen and then little kid feet in alien
1: costume. Well, because, yeah, that was the one moment I had where I was, like, kind of questioning the reality of just on a practical effects level was the famous scene that Paul Rudd always shows where he, like, comes up and it's clearly him on a green screen with the, the scene superimposed and, you know, behind him. Yeah. And it just, yeah, it's like, it it takes you completely out of the movie. But, like, that's the weird unspoken thing about this movie is how much of Mac and Mac's existence is like a hodgepodge of different kinds of effects. Sometimes he's a puppet. Sometimes he's a kid running in a suit. Sometimes he's like, I think sometimes he's claymation. Like there's some facial movements that I think were animated. And of course, every time he stretches his arm, it's a different kind of, so it's like, it's a bunch of different kind of techniques together to make this character. And because it's a cheaper production, the, the transition between those techniques isn't hidden as well as it might otherwise be so it's it makes for a weird sort of like uncanny valley effect that i actually think because he's a weird alien kind of worked again in the movie's favor
0: uh it, yeah no it was fine it wasn't jarring at all every time he turned into like a weird cartoon stretchy thing i was just like yeah that's that's fine cuz
1: like it could have been like fucking son of the mask which it's just horrifying but it wasn't
0: right yeah no it, it yeah there there's like three moments where he just turns into a full on fucking cartoon but no it didn't it didn't bother me i i always accepted mac as part of this world he didn't seem like a uh you know a foreign entity that they like threw in there you know
1: well that's and all overall i was i was expecting to be much more taken out of the reality of the movie because of the puppetry than i was and yeah it, it all seems to kind of make sense within the context of I mean, it's again it's cheap and it's chintzy and you recognize that from the beginning but as long as you're fine with that it's perfectly fine.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, what else is there? Mac loves him some Coke. Well, uh, yeah, they they bring him back to life with the. This is after the vacuum cleaner scene. Mac is like he gets sucked out of the vacuum cleaner. He's like, uh, and they're just like, give him a
1: Coke. I know it's like their first thought, and it works. I, I wanted to. Put,
0: and that's when the little girl is like, "This must be what they trick on their home planet," which they do kind of establish at the very beginning. They are like they're sticking straws in the the earth of their home planet and, like, drinking the liquid. But it looks like water. Yeah. It doesn't look like Coke. And at one point, uh, the little kid gives Mac a water, and he's like, no, no, no. And then he gives him a Coke. He's like, oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> so, no, I'm I, again, the reality of the movie, they, they feed on Coke. It's fine. <laughs> I feel like we're jumping around a lot. I want to talk about just the way the movie starts, because... Like, this is what had me on board with the rest of it. You mentioned how boring it gets, like, after the, you know, the arrival. But basically everything up to, like, the first scene with them on their home planet and all the stuff in the NASA, which, like, looks like fucking that scene in Independence Day where, like, there's all the smoke and the alien in the smoke and shit. Like, it's legitimately, like, like it's well done for what it is. And then the scene with the car accident where he's on the windshield, he's running darting around. You. Like, I, it, it was, like... I was starting to think, like, is this just a good movie? Like, are we just watching a good movie? And that's when, it, like, pretty much after that, it kind of got bad. But, like, it, it, it starts out really well. It gets you into it, I think. There's enough in here
0: that I, like, it's got a 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. But, like, there's enough in here where I would say, like, it should be, like, 13%, 14% well, maybe. Well, I mean,
1: come on, compared to fucking Harold, what, what does Harold have on Rotten Tomatoes?
0: Oh, I think that's a 97%. Harold was the most critically uh, acclaimed movie of its Didn't day. Didn't
1: it sweep the Oscars that year?
0: Uh. I think well, that was I think that was the No Country for Old Men year. So Harold I Harold was a definitely a close second place, but they were kissing the Cohen brothers' ass. You couldn't really beat him. But that's
1: what I'm saying like like independent of the stuff that was funny, we'll get to the McDonald's scene, but like just the stuff in here that I legitimately liked, unironically liked, which is maybe I want to say 40-50% like that's way more than I could say for fucking Harold or half the goddamn movies we watch on this podcast.
0: Oh yeah, no, this is by this isn't even close to like bottom tier films we've seen for this podcast. This is it's not upper tier
1: definitely. But I enjoyed enough of this movie that I legitimately don't regret watching it. Like I was expecting to, by the end of this, to feel like, oh my God, why are we doing this? As I do most times on this fucking show. But th- like, I know, I'm fine with it. I'm, I'm ready to see another one. I, I'll see the fucking sequel that they never made.
0: Uh, yeah, no, I, I can't go that far. Um, but no, I did, I did love when Mac got hit by the car. That was like the first moment in the movie where I was like, shit, all right, I'm on board. Because Mac is running away from the fucking NASA, and then it's just, bam, smacked by a fucking Buick. And, the- <laughs> and then he's on the windshield, just, like, like spread out throughout the windshield, and that's when Budnick's in the car, like, Dad, Dad, you're going to crash. And then there's, like, a six-car pileup where a truck, like, careens over another car and smashes into another car. That's
1: the other thing I says. You mentioned $13 million. Where did the budget go? It went to a lot of great stunt work and shit, like, sending the kid off the cliff. I mean, I know it's a fake body but in that scene but like you know like the one where he's on he's in he's in the road and he's grabbing the car and then the fucking explosion at the end the goddamn explosion i feel like you saw 13 million dollars worth of movie on screen here
0: (laughs) we spent so much money on this explosion uh we only got like uh fucking like half a buck for the alien costumes
1: though these alien costumes what can i get at
0: this alien costume warehouse for four
1: bits they feel like they were repurposed from something else Like, there was, like, another movie or TV show or something, and they were just like, we have these in storage, let's use them.
0: I mean, that would justify it a little more, because, like I said, they didn't have to look this shitty. If you're designing an alien puppet,
1: don't make it look like this. if you told me there was an episode of Amazing Stories that had these aliens in it, and they were like, oh, that's weird, that's why. Like, that would totally make sense to me.
0: It's the expressionless uh, vacant void on their face that that didn't work for me. I mean, I guess it's okay because the way they treat them, you know, makes sense. Especially in that scene where at the supermarket where the where the alien dad has a gun. <laughs> like, if they were cute little things, I don't think that scene would work. That scene only works if it's this just weird, like, monster who has no idea what the fuck he's doing. Holding a gun up and, like, pointing the barrel at its face going like...
1: R-r-r-r-r-r. But, and, like, you mentioned, like, you laugh at that, that scene or just the idea of it. But, like... See, and again, I keep going back to E.T. because that's the obvious reference point. But, like, E.T. is such a cute, instantly, like, affable alien that when you get to the point where the government is, like, chasing him down, it kind of doesn't make sense. Like, the idea that, like, oh, no, if anybody finds this alien, they'll want to dissect him and they'll fear him. No, they won't because he's fucking E.T. and he's like, oh, how fucking cute I am. Whereas these aliens are like, yeah, if anybody fucking sees these aliens, they're going to want to shoot him. You know, oh yeah,
0: it, it's an immediate step on that fuck.
1: This this movie shows the actual ramifications of like aliens on Earth encountering humans and like the paranoia and fear. Like that moment, it's it's very uh like you know kind of ridiculously set up. It's it's very on the nose, but it's like there's legitimate tension in that that sequence where it's like yeah, the alien and the sheriff's guy got fucking guns trained on each other. Yeah,
0: th- this might have been a silly like high thought while I was watching the movie. But do you think the reverse of this story would work? Like, if if it was a human on an alien planet doing the same thing?
1: Well, there's a movie, I've never seen it, but there's an animated movie called Planet 51, which is basically that plot. It's got Dwayne The Rock Johnson in it, and it's like an astronaut lands on a planet that's like similar to Earth, but it's all aliens, and he's the alien. And I don't know if it works or not, but you might, you might want to watch that to see.
0: Well, I'm thinking like like... but basically this exact same movie just like a helpless human um you know maybe a child i don't know no i don't know but like just a helpless human on an alien planet and then we follow the uh, aliens trying to get him home you know so it's just yeah it's just basically et in reverse
1: i mean i don't know i think it could work i've always wanted to do like a movie where like you find out that like bigfoot came from another reality of all Bigfoot people and like a, like somebody like a Bigfoot hunter finds himself in that world and he's the Bigfoot of that world so like they're all hunting him and shit It's like yeah. you know yeah and I think that yeah, I think you could do something with that
0: Yeah and it's the same thing like you know cuz the human doesn't understand the alien thing so they're all doing alien shit and the human's like uh, 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 like trying to communicate and they're going like well,
1: see that's the problem is when you have a world full of aliens and they're indecipherable, there's no baseline for you. Like here we understand human culture. We see right. he's the fish out of water. So we, we know what he's not understanding. Whereas in, in the scenario you're talking about, we're, we're with the humans. So we don't know what he's not understanding.
0: I know. That would be a tough nut to crack story-wise. It's hard to world build when you're following an alien planet doing alien shit that you don't understand whatsoever. But that hasn't stopped sci-fi movies before. I mean, I didn't understand what the fuck was going on in Doom.
1: Well, but the shortcut that you do is you have the aliens speak English, or at least you hear them speaking in English. But I think that would take away from... The the, 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 the emotional impact of that is the fish out of water, the I don't know what's going on. So you would want the audience to be as lost as the human would, but then, yeah, that's how do you build that as a story.
0: Yeah. Um, basically, yeah, just like, I guess, telling it from Max' perspective... But we would understand Mac, and we wouldn't understand the world around him. I don't know. I, I I was just thinking that in my head. I was like, would this story work with a human on an alien planet? And maybe it doesn't. Maybe that's the answer. But well, that's actually
1: funny. Uh, you mentioned that because when this movie first started, because you have the scene on the alien planet. and There's no dialogue. It's just them getting sucked up. And then you have you cut to like the government lab where they're they're releasing the uh, they're opening the NASA thing, and the aliens come out. And it's like you know again I I think a legitimately well done scene. But when that first started. Um, I didn't notice that my headphones were fucked up I just plugged them in and I guess they weren't in all the way so I was hearing like muffled sounds and I legitimately thought it was a like it was they, they were doing it from the aliens perspective it was like an artistic choice and I was like oh that's really cool like the they, they don't understand the human's language so that's like sounding like whoa, whoa, whoa. but it's like no that was just my headphones are fucked up
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, what happens now okay so yeah then the alien comes in the little. Okay, so the kid is... Uh, the actual main actor in this movie is an actual uh, actor in a wheelchair. Yeah, he's
1: a, he has spina bifida, as you mentioned, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't have anything else to add to that. Well, no, but I
1: again, just comparing it to E.T., that makes him, I think... A, I mean, Henry Thomas is obviously a better Trout actor, but I think this makes him more interesting. I wish they would have used that more like, his limitations being in the wheelchair and, like, how he has to... I mean, they do it a little bit, you know. That um, There's some shots, like, like the, the one of the shots early on where, like, he's following the, the toy car in his wheelchair and it's, like, low to the ground, almost like like the reverse of the shot from The Shining, like the, the city cam shot, but, like, following it from a different angle. Like, they, they do some interesting stuff with it and there's one scene where he's, like, riding alongside the car and gets pulled in, but I wish they would have done more with, like, Maybe he gets knocked out of the wheelchair and he's got to save him, but like he's got to crawl on the ground or something, you know? Like they'll do more with that aspect of the character.
0: Yeah. What do you think came first? Uh, Do you think they were like, let's look for an actor in a wheelchair? Or did they just cast this actor in a wheelchair and they were like, that's it? Because, yeah, no, they never really do anything. Like, him being in a wheelchair isn't even like a character, like, I was going to say character trait, but like it, it doesn't influence the the plot at all, really.
1: Well, I read about that on the Wikipedia page, actually, because apparently when they hired the director, they didn't even have a script. They had McDonald's and Coke lined up, and they were like, you know, we <laughs> want to make a movie. What That's it? all we And the mean. director was like, what? Doesn't yeah. surprise me at all. Yeah, what do we do? No, you're <laughs> going to write the script. And he, I think he was like, and I want a kid with you know, an actual disability, like a spina of or something like that, to be the actor. So I think he wrote to that. Okay. And I think part of that was because McDonald's, a lot of it was tied into their charity. So I think it was like sort of like a representation for that.
0: Yeah. Like some of the, like (laughs) it said on the IMDb trivia that the profits went to the Ronald McDonald house. What profits?
1: Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. I don't know. It made $6 million on a $13 million budget. So it is a loss. But if it was all product placement, technically that's all profit because it's all paid for, you know, it's prepaid basically.
0: Yeah, part of the film's box office intake was donated to the Ronald McDonald House Charities. Okay, so so it
1: wasn't profit, it was just intake, so it was before profit.
0: (laughs) The studio's like, oh man, this fucking Mac and me, we're taking a bath on this, it only made six million and then Ronald McDonald shows up with some goons and he's like, "Uh, I believe you mean three million get them boys you know
1: what and you say that but if three million dollars went to a fucking charity for this movie again that's better than a lot of fucking movies we watch i don't think harold donated to any fucking charities for sad little bald kids <laughs>
0: um all right so you mentioned the paul rudd clip of the kid falling off the, the cliff in a wheelchair That happens very randomly and very
1: early into the film. I was surprised that it's like, oh shit, he hasn't even really technically met Mac yet, and this is happening.
0: Yeah, you think that would be like the climax? Like, I guess I always just assumed that that was like the ET moment of you know riding in front of the moon on bicycles. This was kid in a wheelchair careening down a hill,
1: which, by the way, sometimes
0: a puppet body.
1: We get. We get a, that fucking ET moment. Remember, like, when they run through the. They're getting chased and they run through the, the laundry line? And then he's got, like, the clothes on? Like, it's clearly, like. And he's on his lap and it's, like, it's clearly the ET moment?
0: Yeah. No, that, that was definitely the ET moment. Except that. That was a scene where I really had a problem with the puppet limitations because. Sometimes that that kid is, uh, you know, going down a hill in his wheelchair and he's just like holding the Mac. (laughs) Mac looks dead in a lot of those shots because I think the kid is just holding a Mac doll. You know, it's not like an animated puppet or anything.
1: Yeah. But at the same time, that's another benefit of the the design of the aliens is that they always look kind of vacant so that when they're not being as animated, it still kind of fits with with what they've been established to be.
0: Uh, no, you're, you're, a, you're a Mac and me apologist.
1: I love this it movie. It's, it's my new favorite movie. What can I say? <laughs> it's
0: just shitty. But why does he fall off the cliff? Is just, he's on top of the cliff and then the, uh, the brakes go out on his wheelchair. And
1: it... Yeah. I remember he pulls I think it. That's and it yeah. brakes. breaks. I, it's almost as if they didn't realize that like they bought this house like special for like a wheelchair kid and didn't realize they have a giant ramp that leads. Cause it's like right outside their house.
0: Yeah no Christine Ebersole is even like do you notice that there's no steps whatsoever but you know <laughs> but we do live right outside of a cliff with no fucking fence
1: I mean it's like that's the the one hazard you don't want near a house with a wheelchair kid is a giant cliff
0: I think if you're buying a a house to accommodate your son in a wheelchair I think you tour the backyard and look for dangerous cliffs he could roll down easily. Or
1: maybe just wait to move in until you've put a fence up. Yeah. Oh, man. But yeah, I just, I mean, it's an iconic scene now because of the the Paul Rudd thing. And it just, it, again, at this point, just sort of takes me out of the movie. But, you know, I don't know. It's It's not as much of it as I thought it would be either. It's... Honestly, it's the scene that they don't show with him like pushing him out of the water that's more interesting to me.
0: Yeah, I, I, I didn't like that either.
1: But just the idea that like, because there's a point where he doesn't, like the aliens, he's an alien. He doesn't know to hide or anything other than he's scared. But like he doesn't know like, well you know, who to trust, who not to trust or whatever. He's just kind of bouncing around randomly. But then at like, that point, it's almost like he seems to know like, I can save him, but I still gotta hide. And it's like at some point, you're like establishing a character for Mac and Me. Except the movie never really does. But there are moments where it feels like, oh, is he learning more? No, I guess he's not. Or like, is he bonding with the kit? Oh, I guess he's not. Like it's like there's all these weird like aborted threads of like, I think this is where the movie's gonna start, and then it doesn't.
0: Well, no, because there was well, uh, later on in the film when they rescue Mac's parents, and they uh, they wake them up with some Coca Colas in a cave give them the, uh, you know, replenishing lifeblood of Coca-Cola. A part of me was like, what if these aliens just eat these kids? Like, and then that's the end of the movie. Well, there's a, it's like, don't trust fucking aliens.
1: Right after that, where they're in the car and he's like bending steel and shit. And it's like, yeah, I wanted that to be like the end. Like when they're, they're <laughs> like when, uh, the fucking kids dead on the ground and they're like doing this fucking seance where they're praying to their God to, to resurrect him if they had just all like their butthole mouths expanded into like rows of shark teeth and they just fucking started eating the kid. <laughs> <laughs> this is what we are. What did you think? Did you think we were friends? <laughs> we're here to take you over.
0: Yeah. Because these aliens are so expressionist. Like, yeah, I, I was just assuming that they would eat these people at any given point. And that's why it's so bizarre that they're American citizens at the end of the movie. The
1: fact that they learn to wear clothes like the dads in a fucking suit, the moms in like a sundress. What the fuck happened between the the, the explosion and then and driving cars? Oh man. It's yeah, it, it's like and that's why I mentioned aliens in the family cuz it feels like it doesn't feel like a setup for a sequel. It feels like the start the, the theme song to a sitcom. It looked it reminded me of like Full House when they're driving in the car by the in San Francisco like It seems like they're about to drive into their house for the pilot of their fucking sitcom.
0: (laughs) And then the theme song starts and it's like, Mac, alien dad, alien mom. And she's like pulling a pie out of the oven, but drops it, looks at the camera and goes,
1: No, she pulls a pie out of the oven, but then the fucking chestburster from Alien comes out of it and then she eats it.
0: (laughs) All right, I would watch the Mac and Me sitcom.
1: Oh man, I want to, that's... Oh my god, we gotta write a pilot for a TV show where it's like like any of those shows, like Aliens in the Family, like that. But like they're real aliens and they're just fucked up, <laughs> but like nobody notices. Like everybody's like, "Oh yeah, Gleep Glorp, that's great," and he's just like eating the dog. <laughs>
0: uh, I I've had this idea in my head for uh, so long, and I'm pretty sure I've talked about it on the podcast before. But yeah, an alien comes to Earth, you know, like humanoid alien. Um And just like <laughs> cannot function at all because he's a fucking alien. So he has like no human characteristics except that he looks human. But he's just constantly like shitting his pants and drooling and vomiting. But people are going like, all right, uh, where's your quarterly report there, Gleep Glop? <laughs> <laughs> and you cut to Gleep Glop <clears throat> and they're like, all right. All right, you're promoted, Gleep Glop. I like the way you straight shoot.
1: No, I, I I do think you've talked about that. I remember an alien pooping his pants. Which, the aliens in this are naked through most of it. I was waiting for alien poop, but I never got it.
0: No, it. Yeah, when there's a shot towards the end where the whole alien family is, like, walking right towards camera, and in that moment I was like, am I just looking at this alien's dick right now? Like, I don't see one, but it's got to be somewhere.
1: But it's and that's I don't know. I, I at the same time, I kind of thought that was cool that like they're just like because they're they're intelligent clearly, but they're just they don't aliens they don't wear clothes that's a human thing, and so like it's just yeah and then then you cut to them at the end and it's like oh now we're integrating into human society we got to put pants on,
0: <laughs> we have to blend in. <laughs> no one will recognize us now. Hey, is that a weird alien butthole mouth creature? Nah, he's wearing a tie. <laughs> Alien butthole creatures don't wear ties.
1: Okay, eh, you got a point there. But I feel like we've delayed it long enough. We have to talk about the McDonald's scene.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's my next note. Um, <laughs> what the fuck is this? This is a child's birthday party.
1: Well, as soon as they rolled up, and I, because I wasn't prepared for this at all. I, I think I knew vaguely that this happened, like that there was a scene in a McDonald's, but like. They roll up to McDonald's and there's a crew of adults, not even like teenagers, like fucking full on adults break dancing. And I made the joke like, oh, remember when we used to break dance in front of the McDonald's? But then you go inside and it's like they're choreographed dances and shit. And it's like they're he's dancing on the table. And it's like, what the fuck? Where who, did they fucking rehearse all this shit?
0: Oh, no, this is a child's birthday party. Uh, they rented out the entire McDonald's for this little kid's birthday party that they're going to. There's break dancers outside, but then when you go inside... Did you notice the f-
1: random football players? With weird fucking, I think, fake mustaches?
0: Like, I thought they were gonna, like, break out the Super Bowl shuffle or something. Like, why were there just random football players there? And then they start dancing, too. Like, they get into the act.
1: And it's so fucking weird, because, like... This is where like the the government guys come in and they're like we got to get him. Everybody keep dancing to distract the government. And then and like at one point the government guys run it and like the dancers like dance after them like like we're in on it. We know Mac and Me is an alien and we want to protect him. But like no, they don't. They think he's an animatronic teddy bear.
0: Yeah, Mac is uh, kind of like uh, the ET when he they dress him up as a ghost. Uh, The little kid has this giant stuffed teddy bear that I guess he rips the insides out and is like, okay, alien, you can hide in this teddy bear. So There's no reason why he needs to go to the birthday party, is there? I guess he's just like, oh, we have to keep an eye on Max so he doesn't, like, wreck the house or something? I think it's
1: like, yeah, if we left him alone in the house, he'd get out and, you know, we'd never see him again or something. I
0: I have to go to this birthday party. I also have to watch this alien. How am I going to do two things at once?
1: But, like, the, the teddy bear is, like, bipedal. It's, like, exactly the right dimensions for a, a, a thing with arms and legs to live in. Like, it's not, like, teddy bear-shaped. Like, a teddy bear, it's a small body and a big head. Like, it's not a thing designed for a th- another thing to crawl inside of it. But this one is. It's, it's like a teddy bear costume that he happens to have.
0: It looks very similar to the fake bear suit we saw last week in yes. Harold.
1: Though I think a little better, honestly.
0: I, I, I would, if, if Harold got attacked by this thing, I wouldn't have questioned it at all.
1: But yeah, and then we get, I was waiting for a big reveal, like he's dancing on the table. I was waiting for the, 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 uh, hat to, or the, what we call the the mask to fall off. And everybody goes, oh my God, he's an alien. And then they're like, go Mac, eat that McDonald's f- fucking sandwich or whatever the fuck.
0: Yeah. And they like, they like him even more. Yeah. Cause yeah, they're loving when this little bear's break that they think is like it. They think it's a like a Teddy Ruxpin, I guess. But have we have we talked about how absurd this birthday party is? First off, Ronald McDonald's walking around doing crowd work. I don't think that happens at a birthday party. How rich are these fucking neighbors?
1: Well, that's because I remember like you could rent out the like the the playpen area of a McDonald's when I was a kid, you know, and like for a private birthday party. But not the whole... no. These people are getting these people are getting Big Mac bottle service. Yeah. And yeah, so no, and you you, they rented out the whole fucking place, which I guess I mean you know you're you're, you're you're getting a lot of business I suppose, but (laughs) from the fucking football players and all the weird random adults that have learned the choreographed dances. Did they hire them for the party?
0: That was gonna be my next question. Were the adults who just randomly break dance? Were they like party entertainment? Or were they just like friends who like to break dance? I would think
1: they would have to be, except that's also a movie thing. I remember one of the teen movies from like the two thousands. I can't remember, like it wasn't uh, like uh, I'm just gonna say Drive Me Crazy. I don't think it was that one, but I remember like there was like a prom scene, and like everybody like ushers in it, and like they're all like doing like choreographed dances, and it's like my prom wasn't like that. That nobody fucking knew how to dance. <laughs> But like they just all suddenly know how to dance, so I feel like that's also just a thing that exists in movies.
0: Is that she's all that?
1: It might be she's all that.
0: I think that's she's all that. I don't know why. I'm I know what scene you're referring to, but I can't think of what movie. Because all those either. movies are the, the fucking know... same. Yeah, it's one of those random.
1: It might have been Ten Things 2000... I Hate About You, for all I know. Except I know that that's not that one because that one had Save Ferris in it.
0: Yeah, one of them random 2000 teen movies. Um, but who were the football players? Well, were they? were they like, maybe they were like rented out too. Like maybe they were actual football players.
1: That, that might be the case. Yeah. If it...
0: <laughs> like you rented the offensive line of the Chicago Bears to come sign autographs at your birthday party.
1: Well, I mean, if you're able to get Ronald McDonald, you might as well.
0: But yeah, this was a very like, yeah. After the McDonald's dance sequence, from McDonald's dance sequence to when they get to the cave to meet Mac's family, it's, it's like 20 minutes of nothing, man. And just like long sequences where nothing's happening. And they're just like... You know, they're fucking driving a car. That's it. Yeah. They're just driving through fucking desert. You know what?
1: Everything after that, though, is fucking solid gold.
0: Yeah, no. Once they find Max's family, A+. Um, and yeah, then we go to the uh, aliens in a grocery store, which is a sequence I definitely want to talk about. They find They, they revive the alien family. They're driving along... And then they're like, alright, we gotta stop and get some gas. And that's when all fucking hell breaks loose, because now the aliens are wandering around a supermarket.
1: Yeah, and and just the fucking Yeah, he grabs the gun. My God. And like and like there are moments where like he's looking and all I could think of was like Kyle Rittenhouse, just fucking walking past cops, and it's like <laughs> Are aliens like the equivalent of black people in this world that like cops will actually draw down on them? Like if they I, I was literally thinking like, you know what, if they were fucking, you know, white, they would just fucking walk on by.
0: You needed to take the gun away from that alien because the way the alien dad is holding that gun is just like. He is not going to have do anything productive with that thing.
1: No. Yeah. And I was I was kind of surprised that they didn't have him accidentally fire it.
0: Yeah, no, I thought he was going to blow his head off. (laughs) That was another moment where I was like, I think this alien dad is going to fucking blow his fucking brains out. And then there's a weird gas station. Did you read on the IMDb trivia where apparently the kid gets shot in the uh, alternate version? No, I didn't. Yeah, uh, apparently the Japanese version had, like, I guess, stuff in it before they changed it per, like, studio notes or, like, audience test. I can't believe this. I just said audience testing. I, I can't believe that this movie had audience testing. I just and like imagine the cards came back as anything but kill yourselves.
1: Like, what does <laughs> it say? Yeah, what was the reaction?
0: <laughs> All the cards are just death threats and just like uh, fucking insults to my mother.
1: I just I don't know. Make the make the aliens less less lifeless. I'm I'm getting fully erect. I can't enjoy the movie. <laughs> you need to make <laughs> them uglier.
0: But apparently the Japanese uh, version had alternate takes where I guess uh, the uh, main character, the little kid, gets shot uh, at the end. Because it doesn't... The visual language of how it works now doesn't make any sense. He's just like near the gas station explosion and then they run up to his wheelchair and he's just like dead, lifeless body in the wheelchair. And they're like, oh no! Eric! And I'm like, what the fuck happened? Maybe he's just taking a nap.
1: Yeah, that's... I I think there should have been something more definitive. But I guess especially if they were cutting around a gunshot, because yeah, it implies that it's like the force of the explosion that kills him, but like you would have to have him kind of like go get pushed back or something at least.
0: Yeah, no, because he, he's just sitting there. It's like he had a fucking heart attack when the gas station exploded, but I guess in the original version he gets killed by a stray cop bullet, Um, and yeah, then he's fucking dead, and uh, it, there's only like five minutes of movie left, so if, Feasibly, you could think that this kid's just dead.
1: Yeah, and like, even as they were like healing him, he was like raising off the ground, and I was half expecting him to, like, we're sending him to our home planet. And like, it'd be like almost like a Jesus thing, like, and we were Jesus all along. (laughs) Well,
0: because they have not established that these aliens can bring people back to life, so that's kind of a Deus Ex Machina, but at least I wasn't expecting
1: it. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's legitimately like a good ending to the movie, I think. It, it works as, like, you know, and this is how they prove themselves to the un, the uh, untrusting humans, and, I mean, it all... And, again, it wraps it up narratively. I think it's a perfect movie, is all I'm saying. <laughs>
0: uh, but, no, I... I don't think I can recommend Mac and Me. I wish I, I could. I think I
1: kind of can. I think it's fun. I think it's lighthearted. I mean, you're not going to appreciate it as an adult, really, unless you grew up with these kind of movies, and even then, it's more just, like, a a curiosity, but I think there was enough fun in this to recommend it.
0: Uh, (laughs) Thumbs up, thumbs down on Mac and me, I suppose. Alright, so anything else before we move on to what we're doing next? Well, I do just want
1: to point out, I know this is a bad movie. It sounds like I liked this a lot more than I did. I'm just saying I was surprised that I didn't fucking hate this experience completely.
0: See, and it's kind of a snakes on a plane situation for me. I'm i'm surprised i didn't love it ironically like there there wasn't enough crazy shit in here where i'm like oh fuck that's so crazy like there's maybe four or five moments where i was like all right i'm good i mean breakdance and scene at mcdonald's kid falling off the cliff um alien with a gun in the grocery store so yeah like three off the top of my head where i'm like all right that's fucking see
1: at this point though in our podcast just not being miserable is an accomplishment (laughs)
0: That's true. If I can sit through the entire movie and not like hate myself, <laughs> A plus.
1: All right, so let's find out what's gonna make us hate ourselves next week. Okay, so, okay, so you got a new thing you got a new thing that is designed as a visual element, and I should point out this is an auditory podcast.
0: <laughs> I know, but I wanted you to see it too. I made a thing. I want to show off the thing I made.
1: I had Skype minimized, by the way. I almost wasn't even watching.
0: All right, so for the listener, I'll explain what I did. We've been talking about how the uh, the randomization of how we pick our our podcast uh, episodes has, has, is leading us down the wrong path a lot of the times. Like, we'll end up pulling up Chris Parnell's filmography and go, well, it's Harold, or I don't feel like looking for something else. Let's just do Harold. So instead, what I did was, I went through Wikipedia, I did some fucking homework, went through Wikipedia, pulled up SNL cast members, pulled up their filmographies, and I made a fucking uh, picker wheel, a random random spinny wheel. Uh, and on this wheel, I have not only movies, but I have some SNL uh, recurring characters, and I have some SNL episodes. So are you ready to
1: spin this wheel
0: and see what we get?
1: I'm ready to watch you spin the wheel. Yes. <laughs>
0: okay, so and we can also veto stuff, because there's probably some stuff on here that I'm not even interested in
1: watching. <laughs> the one you clicked on it was some weird John Candy movie. And it's like I'm not watching that shit.
0: Alright, so here we go. Spin the wheel.
1: That's hypnotic.
0: I know, I was spinning this a lot, like when I made it.
1: <laughs> okay, is that Who is that?
0: That is the Mary Stewart Masterson episode of Saturday Night Live.
1: Why is that interesting?
0: This was just an episode I liked. I was picking random SNL episodes. Um, But no, let's let's spin something else.
1: But let's keep it as an option. I want to spin again.
0: Bad first one. Okay
1: fucking mango we got mango you know what i am not averse to a mango episode right.
0: um there's gotta be like 13 fucking man i was gonna
1: say how many though? mango sketches were there
0: let's look it up all right so for the listeners i feel like you
1: should have looked this up before you put it on the wheel
0: oh i did i well i, I don't know i just looked up recurring characters
1: God damn it! Six- Sixteen mangoes. Sixteen fucking appearances.
0: Oh my god! Uh, well, one of them's a monologue, um, but no, these all look. Other than that, they all look like sketches. Yeah, they're all sketches. So,
1: I mean, if you want to pull the trigger, do you want to do like a two-part mango episode, like eight and eight?
0: I mean, we'll see. we'll have to see how far we get because uh, <laughs> I don't want to watch three hours of mango. But no, sixteen. I mean, what's sixteen times? Uh, let's say
1: dude, five. Dude, when we've done like six, and we're like, oh my god, that's enough canteen, boy.
0: I know. Like sixteen times five. So that's pr- that's like almost an hour and a half of mango.
1: That's like a full Mac and Me of mango.
0: <laughs> All right, so uh, I'll I'll leave it up to you. Do you want to watch every mango sketch next week?
1: I really don't. Like, you know what? If you told me there were eight of them, I'd been like, yes, let's do I Mango.
0: Know. Um, I mean, I guess, like, we could watch, like, every other one.
1: I'm thinking, no, I think mm. if we do Mango at some point, download all the Mango sketches, split it up into two, eight and eight, and then we'll we'll do that down the line, and then we'll fucking find something else for all this All right, week.
0: okay, well, I'll keep Mango on the wheel, and we'll spin again. <laughs> so far, this wheel's doing great.
1: it's just so much fun to spin I know it's like a fucking 2001 A Space Odyssey <laughs> we got the emoji fuck movie fuck you in the ass
0: the emoji movie Rob Riggles <laughs> in the emoji movie apparently I found out the other day
1: okay so,
0: uh... and again the wheel isn't finite we can veto choices on the wheel uh, I can get re- I know I can...
1: it's just this will be the third veto at this point <laughs>
0: Do you want to watch the Emoji Movie?
1: No, I don't want to fucking watch the Emoji Movie. <laughs> do you
0: ever want to watch the Emoji Movie? No. All right, well then get rid of the Emoji Movie. No more fucking emojis.
1: Okay, I do like the hide choice option. That's good. Yeah,
0: I could get rid of them on the fly. So yeah, if there's something you're like, there's no fucking way I'm ever watching that. Uh, all right. This is this has got to be the last time. This is going to be a good one. Spin the wheel. Is, is the fucking Dogfather
1: movie on here? <laughs> What is this? I I like
0: this. I like this. This is... I don't even know what this is. This is an SNL recurring character. This is Joey Mack. Uh, I've
1: never heard of this.
0: He was a Jimmy Fallon character, and he's very racist. (laughs) But in, like, a fun, playful way.
1: Okay. I mean, look, this is all on you. I have no idea what this is, so if you say this is... And there's only five. That is so appealing to me.
0: All right, so yeah, there's five Joey Mac sketches. Uh, basically, he's a morning like DJ, like, but he does all the voices, so it's like a one man radio show. But like, he's pretending to be like the black weatherman and uh, like the Indian news person, and so he's doing all these racist voices.
1: Okay, and everybody's calling him out on it. I assume.
0: I think at least in one they do.
1: Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> So let's see if this is intentionally racist or unintentionally racist, but I just like that it's like a microcosm of our podcast. We started out as an SNL podcast, then we shifted to the movies, but it's like we haven't done a lot of SNL movies. We did like the Ladies Man and a couple but like we haven't done Wayne's World or, you know, know, a bunch of movies that we haven't done yet. Then we started this new segment with the recurring characters and we've done Ching (laughs) Chong and now we're doing Joey Mack.
0: Ching Chong and Joey Mack. And, um, Canteen Boy. Don't forget Canteen Boy.
1: I mean, yes, legitimate recurring character, Canteen Boy, but... I just, I don't know. This is... I feel like we podcast wrong, is all I'm saying.
0: <laughs> I think this is good. I think this is good. Because, you know, if you weren't watch S- watching SNL during the Jimmy Fallon era, you may not know about Joey Mac, and you might not know how terrible he fucking is.
1: I don't. I certainly don't.
0: All right. So, I like this. I Now I have to fucking edit the joey mack episodes together all right yeah you have fun with that i was i was thinking like maybe we could pair him with another recurring character but no five joey mack appearances i think that will do us
1: i'm gonna be done with fucking anything snl related after i know five joey Mac after episodes. watching five
0: jimmy fallon recurring sketches it's not like we're gonna be like
1: okay now let's watch something else I mean, if you want to tack on the infamous uh, um, Chris Rock sketch. Oh, you
0: want to watch the Chris Rock sketch? I could put that on I've never seen it. Yeah, I could put the... I think I have it. They cut it out of the NBC rerun, but I'm pretty sure the copy I have on my hard drive is the the original airing.
1: Go ahead and throw that on just so we can talk about it. All right, so Joey Mac and Chris
0: Rock next week.
1: He only did that once, right? I was
0: just going to look that up. I think he might have done it twice. Yeah, just one time. Okay. (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh my! I'm, like, I'm sorry, I'm just looking at it And it's like, yeah, it's as bad as you thought it was
0: <laughs> And enjoy that image uh, That you're looking at on my screen Jimmy Fallon as Chris Rock Alright, so next week It's a Jimmy Fallon week Joey Mack and Chris Rock uh, Six SNL sketches From various seasons And anything else Before we get off this shed?
1: I was just thinking, wouldn't it be great if, like, Jimmy Fallon, like, died, like, he went off the wagon and, like, died in a car accident, like, as that episode aired, and it, like, became super relevant, and, like, that's what makes us go viral, is the Joey Mac episode.
0: (laughs) But we didn't know he died, he died as we were recording.
1: No, that, Yeah, like we don't mention it because we recorded it before, but it's like the, the news story of Jimmy Fallon dies in a horrible car accident because he was a fucking drunk. And then like our thing happens to be, like, come up like right after that, like, in, the Google, in the Google search. Everyone's
0: Googling Jimmy Fallon and they come across our podcast.
1: <laughs> like, that's the thing that breaks this out.
0: And they're like, man, we were really mad about fucking Jimmy Fallon and Blackface. We gotta cancel these two fucks. <laughs> and then all of their outrage towards Jimmy Fallon and blackface comes towards us
1: well then and then we gotta turn it around we gotta be like anti, anti-cancel anti culture like right wingers now like we gotta be like yeah Shane Gillis was right yeah
0: fucking Adam Carolla will be a guest on our podcast next week <laughs> <laughs> you guys keep oh, doing man. what you're doing fight the power they can't censor us nah they should censor you Adam Carolla
1: <laughs> and they should probably censor us because uh, I don't know that anybody would get anything constructive out of this podcast about Mac and me. It's
0: not like I'm claiming it's educational.
1: I recommended the film. <laughs> All right. Well, All right. That, that's it, I think.
0: Okay, so Jimmy Fallon next week. Until we see you again, get off get the Get off shed. the shit.